3: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Happy Friday folks. Welcome in to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving festivities yesterday. Big shout out to Jeff Parles for filling in on the program. No he did a great job per usual. Tonight on Rush Hour. We as always on Fridays getting you prepped for the weekend and some games tonight. To help us do that, we got the usual crew. Well, at least in our half-hour-away slot from now, James Salinas, co-host of the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN Saturdays and Sundays. Former Super Contest champion. He'll be giving us some of his top plays that he has as of this moment. Looking forward to NFL Week 12, so always look forward to discussing that with James. 15 minutes from now, a regular, not necessarily on Fridays, but he's a frequent flyer on the program. That's Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. Eagles got some momentum coming their way and a favorable matchup potentially against the G Men three and a half point favorites let's see if ryan likes his eagles to win that game maybe their odds to make the playoffs updated win total and much more surrounding philadelphia sports in 15 minutes with ryan rothstein end of the show 45 minutes from now we recap everything with our best bets from the beginning of the week to now to the added ones whether it's teasers overall gameplays, hockey we've got to play in one of our last two bets with the puck so feeling good about that with tonight So that will be in 45 minutes. But we will start it off like we typically do heading into the weekend. And that's with Prop Shelf discussing our top props that we're favoring heading into the upcoming weekend throughout the National Football League. So let's kick it off with some Prop Shelf with those top props for the upcoming schedule. And let's start with Kirk Cousins. That's right. Let's go 49ers. Let's go Vikings. Talking about Kirk here who maybe is a little bit, underappreciated this season. It doesn't help when you're on a Vikings team that refuses to find ways to win, but look, the last two games has been a different story. And it's going to be a tough matchup this week against the 49ers, but he could have a good day in the stat sheet. Pass completions is the prop that stood out to me for Cousins. The number listed is about 23 and a half, and it's shaded to the over, minus 125. The under's minus 105, and I'm looking to play over with Kirk here. Now, on average this season, he's tossing about 25.5 pass completions per game. He's gone over 23.5 in a majority of matchups this year, 6 out of 10 to be exact. You look at the 49ers, and yeah, they still have a solid defense, especially against the run. They rank 3rd in DVOA run defense. The Vikings have had trouble running the ball a little bit as of late, and where they've found success Minnesota-wise is in the passing game. That's been the recipe these past two games in which he has gone over 23 and a half pass completions. And I think that's going to be the same kind of formula, what they're looking to do against the 49ers who rank 22nd in DVOA pass defense. 21 pass completions a game is what they're allowing, give or take. And even more so, furthermore, I mean, San Francisco is allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete about 67% of their passes. That's 24th in the NFL. Kirk himself is completing about 68% of his passes. I'm not so confident that Minnesota can win this game or have a consistent lead, so I'm probably thinking that the 49ers will have a lead for a majority of it, and at some point Minnesota will be trailing, playing from behind, thus having to pass the ball even more so. But even if they're not, even if it's kind of going back and forth, we have seen it be viable, the strategy to pass the ball for Minnesota, and I think that's going to have to be what they need to do in order to keep it close or take the lead against his 49ers defense so give me Kirk Cousins over 23 and a half pass completions against the 49ers let's take it to the Steelers now they're playing their division foe Cincinnati the Bengals looking to take advantage like they did the last go around with Pittsburgh and a player who had a huge game that last matchup was Najee Harris not on the ground but in the passing game had over a hundred receiving yards So it got me thinking, all right, well, what's his receiving yards prop listed for this game? And the lowest number, the best number I found was 25 and a half. Now you're paying a little bit of a price to the over, minus 131. But look, Najee Harris, again, got 102 receiving yards, 14 catches on 19 targets in that game. Incredible. But look, I get it. It's a different game. Not everyone's going to be the same against the same opponent, right? But you really look at this Bengals team and where they slack defensively is in the passing game. Ground game, they ranked 10th in DVOA run defense. Najee really didn't get anything going on the ground in that spot, but they're 19th in pass defense. The Bengals, two opposing running backs, are allowing them on average to collect 7.5 receptions and 58 receiving yards to, uh, per game to opposing running backs. Now, on average, Najee himself is getting about 33 per game, but look, you got to get one of your best players involved somehow. The Bengals know they love to run it, but that's not going to be successful in my opinion from what we saw from the last time and just the season. I mean, you know the strategy from Pittsburgh. Ben's been slinging it a little bit more lately. We'll get to that in a second. But I think the simple solution, if guys are guarded downfield, you want to give it to a playmaker still who you need to get involved because he can't get anything going on the ground, Given those checkdowns, given those screens, and I think he can do it enough. To get over 25 and a half receiving yards so i was willing to lay the minus 131 because it's upwards to about 29 and a half in some spots i probably would only play it up to 28 and a half but look at Najee Harris shop around you can get a solid number about 25 and a half is where you're seeing it receptions just to throw it out there four and a half i didn't play this one but i thought it was intriguing looking at the over being plus money plus 125. Najee's averaging about five catches on six targets per game he's gone over it in five out of ten games but something to entertain because of the plus money price, plus 125 over four and a half receptions. Not official play, but wanted to note that too. But we are going with Najee Harris over 25 and a half receiving yards. But let's stick in this game. Let's talk about the aforementioned Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm and I'm kind of trying to talk myself out of betting this. And I haven't bet it yet, but I'm teetering on it. I'm borderline here. And I'm talking to myself. I'm not trying to actually do it, but it's just hard to want to trust. The dinosaur that is Big Ben back there, and betting it over with his passing yards. But I think it might actually be a decent look. 254 and a half, solid number out there. I think you could look over. Now he's averaging 251 passing yards per game this season. He's only gone over it in four out of nine games. But again, looking at the last matchup against the Bengals, he had 38 pass completions on 58 pass attempts. 318 passing yards, that, that's just wild. And again, I'm not assuming the same is gonna happen, but Cincinnati, not great in the passing game. I think they're gonna be leading. Steelers will have to play from behind and their ground game will probably not get going too successfully. So I think Ben will be half or forced to be half the throw. Um, and no Deontay Johnson in that first game too. Look, he's our top receiver. Yeah, you had Juju, but he only had three catches in that first game. Deontay's a lot more productive than Juju Smith-Schuster. You got Deontay Johnson. You got Chase Claypool. You got Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. Friar has been a solid tight end. Big Ben, strong lean, no official play just yet. We'll see. I'll tweet it out if I do, at Danny Burke 5. But, look, over 254.5 passing yards, I think, is something you should strongly consider for Big Ben. Bengals also allowing 11.5 yards per completion the last three games. Again, they've been slacking with their secondary. Steelers probably going to be trailing. We'll need to throw the ball. Okay, another quarterback here, but we're switching games. We talked about the Eagles, and we'll bring this up with Ryan Rothstein later. But a prop that has already seen some movement, I believe 45.5 up to like 49.5 now, Jalen Hurts in his rushing yards. It's been a popular play this whole season, and rightfully so. He's been cruising over this in seven out of 11 games this season. More importantly, the last five games in a row, he has eclipsed 49 and a half rushing yards. He's averaging 56 per game. The Giants rank 30th in DVOA run defense. Jalen Hurts is going to probably have ample opportunities to be creative with his legs, and I'm sure especially against the Giants he will be able to do that on a consistent basis. So if you want consistency, something to rely on, consider Jalen Hurts over 49 and a half rushing yards. The one thing I kind of fear with this and why this hasn't been an official play is because I know I missed the best number. And if Miles Sanders is having a good enough day on the ground and the Eagles get out to an early lead, you know, why risk it with Jalen Hurts as much? Trying to give that extra effort and putting your body out in the line in terms of the ground game. That's kind of the one thing that's making me a little bit hesitant. But if you don't think that's going to be the case, I strongly suggest you consider Jalen Hurts over 49 and a half rushing yards. And then finally, another prop that stood out to me that I haven't quite played officially. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm close to being there, but let me talk to you about Carson Wentz and his past completions. You know, I, if you've listened to the show, obviously I've kind of ragged on Carson Wentz a decent amount. A lot of people do. He's an easy target. But look, the Colts are doing pretty well. Not necessarily because of Carson Wentz, it's because of Jonathan Taylor. But if the Colts are going to stay in this game against Tampa Bay, I think it's got to be because of Carson Wentz. Look, Tampa Bay's run defense is really stout. I mean, they rank fourth in DVOA run defense. In my opinion, they're going to have to throw the ball more in this game to keep up with Tampa Bay if the Buccaneers can keep this offense rolling. They play the Giants. I know. You don't want to take that too much into account. But Carson Wentz, he's only averaging 20 pass completions per game. He's only thrown at least 23 or more in four out of 11 games. So you might be asking, you know, why would you look to bet this over? Consider the opponent Tampa Bay. They're allowing their opponents to complete 27 passes per game. You know where that ranks? Dead last, 32nd in the NFL. The secondary continues to be lackluster. They continue to be banged up. And again, if they get out to a lead, Carson will have to throw. If Jonathan Taylor is getting no gaps in this line, they are going to have to throw. Now, Tampa Bay has struggled in terms of gaining these leads, except when they play the Giants. Colts are a little bit different of a squad. So there could be this scenario where Jonathan Taylor actually does have some success on the ground and they're not playing from behind and he doesn't have to throw the ball as much. So again, that's kind of why I'm a little bit hesitant on it. But because of the opponent, dead last and the completion's allowed, I think that's something that you should ponder looking at Carson Wentz over 22 and a half pass completions and for the fact that it's even money in some spots. It might have even creeped up to plus 105, but... It's very tough trusting Carson Wentz. That's why, like I always envision, you know, looking back, what would be something that would screw me, and it would be me looking back on, like, yeah, you know, that's what you get for trusting Carson Wentz. So it's a strong lean. Nothing officially, but consider Carson Wentz as well. Overall, two props we're rolling with officially: Kirk Cousins over 23 and a half pass completions, Najee Harris over 25 and a half receiving yards. Minus 131 would play that up to about 28 and a half. Coming up next, we'll talk more about Jalen Hurts like we just were. Ryan Rostein, host of the Philly City Cast. Joining us next right here on Rush Out.
4: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are, like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon and the dude today. Creighton's never gonna win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
0: This is Rush Hour
3: on V the Sports Betting Network.
5: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and, of course, in the Big Apple, New York Cast, hosted by Will Hill. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available. And get set up with five episodes a week, solid local sports betting content. And joining us now on Rush Hour, a man who hosts the Philadelphia Cast. it's Ryan Rothstein, ladies and gentlemen. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at WiseRyan.com. Ryan, it's it's incredibly volatile, you being an Eagles fan. And look, I'm a Bears fan, I'm a Huskers fan, and don't even get me started. But at least we have consistency in relying on how bad things can be. Philly's getting your hopes up right now. Maybe they're not. But from an outside perspective, the playoffs are not incredibly far-fetched based on the remaining schedule for the Eagles. They got the Giants this week. How are you feeling, my friend? Playoffs? playoffs, Danny. I mean,
3: listen, <laughs> how much can change in the national football league at five, six days ago? Um, not sure if the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. Now the Cowboys, you love it. I mean, this is a victory Monday here, uh, in Philadelphia because it's the day after the Dallas Cowboys lose on national TV. It's, it's almost, almost better than a Philadelphia Eagles win. Uh, in the city and throughout the Delaware Valley, uh, Jersey, Philly, and Delaware. But now, Cowboys are seven and four. Eagles are five and six going into the Meadowlands this week. Let's say the Eagles get the win. They're six and six. And now, and whether you want to laugh at it or not, believe it or not, we can have some legitimate conversations about the Eagles not making the playoffs about winning the division. Now, do I believe that? A little bit different of a conversation, but hey, (laughs) at least we could possibly be having that conversation.
5: Yeah, look, in the first season of Nick Sirianni, and honestly, Ryan, I mean, you know, a lot of people I talked to or even just saw had the Eagles potentially, because you can bet, you know, who's going to have the fewest wins or most losses, however it's phrased, and several people had the Eagles being that team. So the expectations, at least as of this point, I'd say have, you know, decently exceeded up to this point. Now we'll see what they can do with this remaining schedule. But you're right. I mean, look, you don't want to go too crazy, I'm sure, and thinking that the division's actually realistic, but it is. And, again, even the playoffs as of this point. But first got to get past the G-men. And, look, the spread currently is 3.5. Total we're seeing at about 45.5. I honestly, look, I, I'm never the biggest advocator for, you know, buying a half point or so, but laying the three in a hook with filling in a division game seems kind of gross to me. So I'd either maybe do that or wait for in-game. That's maybe how I would approach it. What's your kind of take on how to bet it?
3: Uh, exactly the same. So I actually just wrapped up uh, doing a CityCast, CityCast crossover with Will Hill, who is the host of the New York CityCast and in- and. Will and I agreed. So Will is leaning towards the Giants, uh, but we both said the the same exact phrase, which is neither of us are sprinting to the Bet Rivers betting counter uh, to make a bet on this game against the spread. I, I don't know how you could feel good about it. Laying the points with Philly. Certainly don't know how you could feel good about betting the Giants in any fashion. Uh, you can give me six or seven with them. You know, I'm I kid, but man. The Giants are the Giants are a mess right now. And yeah, they fire Jason Garrett. So what? Right. Like that that's an easy, easy decision from the front office and just from the organizational standpoint overall. Um, so, yeah, long story short here, I don't feel great about a side, but I'm certainly leaning Philadelphia because the best reason I can give you, Danny, uh, as to why I don't like taking Philadelphia laying the three and a half is, the NFL lately, huh? It's been crazy. (laughs) I mean, and it has been. And the NFC East, anything can happen, but I don't love those reasons being the one-two punch as to
5: why I am or am not making a bet. Yeah, now look, that makes sense to me. And sometimes the strategy is just to maybe not bet it, have patience, wait to see how the flow of the game's going, then attack it from the in-game perspective. Always kind of... Uh, A little bit safer route to go in that alternative instead of going with this ugly spread on the road in a division game. So might not be a bad approach. Uh, Ryan, before we move on from the Eagles, because we'll talk some Sixers here next, looking at the schedule, the updated win total, we always ask you about the win total. Now it's at 8.5. I think last we were talking it was like 7 or 7.5, and it's shaded to the over, minus 137. You've got the Giants this week, Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington again, and then Dallas in week 18. And who knows if the Cowboys even need to play in that game and play their starters. Maybe they have the division wrapped up. Are you leaning over here? Would you lay the minus 137?
3: Uh if you're if you're putting a gun to my head, uh that, that phrase we like to say, I'm taking the over. But I I don't love you know, the price I'm getting, you know, minus 137 for the Eagles to most likely right now finish with nine wins. You now it, It's a good bet if you want to make it. I, I feel really strongly now at this point. You just rattled off their schedule. Uh, easiest strength of schedule. Not much strength to it at all uh, in the entire NFL over the final six games. So, yeah, you, you have to feel pretty good barring anything crazy injury or, or something uh, extreme that the Eagles do not get to nine wins. The only thing that scares me uh, is all the division games lumped together. I don't care if the Eagles are 13-0 and and the Giants are 0-13 or vice versa. It's really tough, and you know this, in all the divisions, to pull off a sweep against your division rival any season. Absolutely.
5: All right, Ryan, before we head out here, we got several minutes left, but I did want to spend it talking some basketball. You're a big Sixers fan. You're a bigger Ben Simmons fan. I kid. But look, you get the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Timberwolves tomorrow. Philly's been back and forth. I mean, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss is what it seems. On the other side, Minnesota, they're on a win streak here. They've won their last five. How do you feel confidence level-wise with your Sixers at home, a team that's been dealing with injuries do they come through and beat the Timberwolves tomorrow?
3: Man, I don't know how to call it with the 76ers team. They may have uh taken the lead over the Eagles for the moment as the most shaky organization in the city of Philadelphia right now. And it's it's not it's not like they're self inflicted wounds, but there are wounds. Um, Joel Embiid has missed, I think it's seven or eight straight games. He's been out for what feels like a lifetime after the 76ers started eight and three. Uh, They've been floundering ever since they played a game in Sacramento uh, a few nights ago, uh, Saturday night, I think at this point, so five, six nights ago, they didn't have one starter, right? Their entire starting lineup was out uh, Tobias Harris has been out. Joel Embiid has been out. Danny Green has been out. And when one or two returns, more go down. Um, so it's just, it's a mess right now. I, I don't know how confident you can feel betting this 76ers team night to night right now in the NBA.
5: Makes sense. All right, right. we got about a minute left. I forgot to ask you about this because we talked about in the first segment, Jalen Hurts and his prop for rushing yards caught my attention, 49 and a half is a number. He's gone over this the last five games. Is this a bet you almost just have, not automatically bet over, but it's almost impossible to look the other way, right? I mean, how dynamic this guy is and, and how much he improvises and is really just useful on the ground. Is this a bet that you just have to look over toward?
3: You have to make it. You, you, you don't have a choice. You have to bet the over for Jalen Hurts rushing yards. Uh, he was sitting at 47-and-a-half consistently every week last week against the Saints uh they moved it to 48 and a half so now you see some more movement set at 49 and a half I- i'm still more than okay with it he's averaging uh it, you know it says it right there 56 rushing yards per game i think it's just under 65 in the month of november how about this jalen hurts is 382 rushing yards away from becoming just the third quarterback in nfl history to eclipse the 1,000-yard rushing march mark, and I think he's going to do it, Danny. So, yeah, hammer that over uh, every week right now, certainly this week against the G-Men.
5: Yeah, 30th in DVOA run defense is the New York Giants, and look, regardless of what they're ranked, the Giants are the Giants, and they'll find a way to disappoint their fans, and if you back up, probably. So, look, that's why I'm leaning with you on the Eagles. Wait for the better number, but definitely like that, Hurts rushing yards over Ryan, we'll be rooting for another victory Monday for you, an actual one with the Eagles next time around. But thank you, as always, for joining us. And, uh, hey, enjoy the game and the rest of the slate, my friend. Have a great weekend, Danny. Thanks, man. You got it. Ryan Rothstein, guys. Follow him on Twitter, at Rye, host of the Philadelphia City cast, five episodes a week, talks Flyers, talks Sixers, talks Eagles. Exciting times now, potentially, if you're an Eagles fan. But, you know, maybe tap your expectations just a little bit. You guys know how this one may go down, but still a good opportunity against the Giants. All right, we're keeping it in the NFL here on Rush Hour. Coming up next, our Friday regular, James Salinas, one of our favorites, former Super Contest champion, current and host of the Pro Football Blitz, gives us his top plays for NFL Week 12. That's next. Stick around.
3: hour on V-CIN, the sports
5: betting network. Friday to everybody out there, and a reminder that the Vsin Black Friday offer is here. Because right now, when you sign up for a ninety-nine dollar mid-season football special, you'll also receive twenty dollars worth of credit to the Vsin store. You get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data. For the rest of the entire football season plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. But you gotta hurry because it is a limited time offer. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VSN.com slash subscribe. That's V S-I-N dot slash subscribe. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour. Here on V-Cindy Sports Betting Network, I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 You can catch me on Twitter. Our next guest, James Salinas, Friday regular at Rounding Again on the tweets and co-host alongside him, Brady Cannon, Pro Football Blitz, Saturdays and Sundays, two former Super Contest champs. What more could you ask for? James, I hope you had a good holiday yesterday. I hope you had a good betting day in the fiasco that was a Thanksgiving Day football slate. Maybe this weekend will be a little bit more sane, but I know you got some interest in this division matchup to kick things off. Steelers, Bengals, tell us about this game and where your uh, favorite bets are potentially for this matchup.
6: Danny, I'm excited for this game. I think of, I mean, there's a, a lot of great matchups this weekend. We know that. But I, I love divisional games, especially these are kind of the black and blue games of, of the AFC North and thinking about where the Steelers have been over the last couple weeks with all the injuries. And we've seen how they've really. Uh, haven't looked very sharp the last couple of weeks, but I think a lot of that was really due to the fact that we know a couple of weeks back, uh, big Ben out with COVID and what a disaster that game was playing against the Lions all the way to a tie after 50 minutes or after 70 minutes of football. Uh, but thinking now this team is actually about as healthy as they've been. So on the defensive side, They'll get Watt back this week. They'll get Loudermount back this week, as well as on the back end with Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick. So you've got four starters that are going to be back into this game. And if you think about the game that the, the week three loss in Pittsburgh that the Steelers suffered to Cincinnati, they were also missing some of their bookend linebackers. Watt did not play in that game either. Neither did Highsmith. So those bookend edge rushers that like to get after Joe Burrow, was was able to sit in the pocket and be pretty comfortable. I think that's going to be the challenge to go around this week, this time around is yes, the defense is healthier, uh, but also I think big Ben is starting to find himself look pretty sharp coming off his COVID stint playing against the chargers last week on Sunday night. Football talk about a wild game. we were talking about yesterday, how crazy Thanksgiving was. Well, that was a pretty wild game last Sunday night. So, I've taken the number here. It's kind of it's sometimes we're betting teams, sometimes we're betting numbers, and in this case I'm betting both. Since it's over three, I feel like this is a field goal game, big divisional game, and the fact that I think here plus the three-and-a-half or even some fours that are out there in favor of the dog here, this divisional dog, I've, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Steelers to win this game outright, but as far as giving me, giving me the hook at plus three-and-a-half, I'll take the points here, so I like the Steelers in this matchup.
5: Yeah, and what you mentioned I think is pretty important to note out is that Big Ben honestly has kind of looked a little bit better. As much crap as we give him as I give him, I mean, he hasn't looked terrible. Now, the Steelers all together in some spots has been a different conversation, but against a division opponent, Getting over a field goal, I think, like you said, could be the correct play. Now, a little bit earlier, James, because I know sometimes you delve into the props at this point in the season. I was talking about Big Ben and his passing yards prop of about 254 and a half. I mean, last time around through for over 300 yards. I get it. It's probably going to be a different game. But this Bengals secondary isn't the greatest, and they didn't have Deontay Johnson in that game. Could you foresee Big Ben maybe getting over this mark, or would you maybe just not touch it? I
6: don't know if I touched the passing total, because I think what we've seen with Pittsburgh now, we knew coming into the season, they needed to get back some of that identity as far as running the football. We've been so used to seeing, and we know Big Ben can, can throw it all around the, the field. He has done that for, gosh, nearly two decades. But we saw, especially last year, the short passing game, really the, coming off the elbow surgery and just didn't have the the velocity to push the ball down the field like he had in years past I and mean, then this year coming in with a completely revamped offensive line drafting Najee Harris to pound the football in the first round uh, of the draft for like they're trying to get back to that sense of identity for the Pittsburgh Steelers rushing the football and really pounding it with with Najee Harris I think if anything if I was looking at props in this game uh, again this would just be a lean for me dead but I'm looking at Joe Burrow, as a matter of fact, and look in the opposite way. I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. So big divisional game. These teams know each other inside and out. I think it's really going to be a point of attack. Who can establish the running game? Both teams. Steelers want to do that. And we know Joe Mixon, when they commit to running the football, do the Cincinnati Bengals, Mixon is as good as anybody else out there running the football in the National Football League. So looking at Burrow's passing numbers, roughly right around 253.5, 254.5, I might be looking to actually play Burrow under the passing yards.
5: Oh, okay, all right, taking a look at Joe Burrow and that intriguing matchup, AFC North, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. James, let's take it out to the West Coast, some unfamiliar opponents. We've got Minnesota and San Francisco. I'm glad that this is one of the games that you had some betting interest in because it's really been such a, I don't know, it, because the, both teams are so kind of weird to handicap. I mean, with Minnesota, you're typically getting a close game, but now a lot of people are having more confidence in the 49ers so which of those angles do you think prospers through here? Is it going to be a close game, or do the 49ers have it figured out and can take advantage at home against Minnesota?
6: Danny, we were just talking about identity of teams and, and thinking about the Steelers trying to get back to that identity of being more physical at the point of attack, rushing the football. Well, that's exactly what the San Francisco 49ers want to do. It's just a matter of does the, does the matchup dictate that they can do that? They have won three out of their last four games, and now they've moved in contention for a wild card spot there in the in the in the NFC. And that that's of those three out of the four games that they've won, that's what the 49ers have done. They've recommitted to to, to pounding the football on the ground. And we know they've got so many injuries at running back, but it really hasn't mattered. I mean, they're putting Debo Samuel back there to, to pound the football as well, and he's he's performed very well rushing the football behind that offensive line and, and the zone blocking scheme that they like to run there. You know, in those last three wins that San Francisco's had over this past month, Danny, uh, they've committed to rushing the football. 37 They're averaging 37 rush attempts, 157 yards on those rush attempts within those three games that they've won. Now, the one game that they sandwiched in there with that loss to Arizona, they only ran the ball 11 times for 39 yards. That's not the recipe for success for San Francisco. And then I think about the matchup on the other side for the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, week in and week out, this is a very competitive team coming up a huge home win last week against Division Ryle, Green Bay. We know that. But think about the defensive line depth right now. We know the issues going on right now with, with Griffin. He's not going to be playing in this game, nor will. If you think about where the Vikings' defensive line started this season, uh, there's defensive line depth. The four starters that began week one for the Minnesota Vikings up front all four of those all four of those starters are not going to be playing in this game due to a variety of things whether it's mental health issues uh, there's some COVID going through that Vikings locker room as well as a few injuries and some folks that are on injured reserve so I just think the lack of depth for at the at the defensive front for the Minnesota Vikings if this becomes the 49ers establishing that running game committing to that running game I think over the course of four quarters, 60 minutes of football, 49ers will start to wear down that Vikings defensive front because ultimately they are just so thin due to, like I said, variety of injuries, COVID, mental health, you name it. I think this is where it stands out, and I think over the course of four quarters, the 49ers will take take over this game, dominate the line of scrimmage up front against the Minnesota Vikings, and win this game. Just laying the three points, I I like the 49ers to cover.
5: Yeah, 49ers laying three right now, and it may even get up to three and a half. I briefly saw it touch it, come right back down, but it's minus 113. If you want to lay the three currently at Bet Rivers, Moneyline minus 167. And of course, that total been hovering about 49 consistently. So look, I think you're right. I mean, that running game has been dominant. Minnesota certainly dealing with a lot of issues on the defensive side. Could bode well more so for the 49ers. Uh, James, before we let you go here, we got about 45 seconds. Is there any bet? Prop, you know, full game that you're kind of considering but waiting to hear about and that you might end up pulling the trigger on soon? Well, not so much a prop,
6: but thinking about the – I mean, a huge matchup. We know it's going to be a rematch from last year's playoff game. Green Bay hosting the Rams. I know the weather's looking like it's going to be typical Green Bay football. Uh, but thinking about the Rams where they're coming in, coming off their bye week, this is very healthy coming that team coming back in, looking for some redemption at how poorly they played in that playoff game last year in Green Bay – Especially Aaron Donald. He was really ineffective last year. He had a really severe rib injury. He was not himself in that game. So I think this is a team coming in healthy, coming in hungry. And then on the other side with the Packers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has logged a full session practice with his teammates since October 22nd. Didn't practice all week, Sticking his foot up on the podium, showing everybody he's got the bro. He's got a little alley on his foot. I think that kind of tends to lean to the fact that it's hard to prepare when you're not out there for practice, and you're going to place a hungry Rams team that's probably pretty salty over the way they've competed the last
5: few weeks, leaning towards the Rams in that matchup. I like it. James, you're the best in the biz. Always appreciate you making some time, and we'll look forward to catching you more so throughout this weekend. Absolutely.
6: Thanks, man. Good luck with your best this weekend, Danny.
5: Appreciate it. You as well. James Salinas, guys. You can follow him on Twitter at Rounding Again. And great information, Saturdays and Sundays, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Co-host, the Pro Football Blitz, right here on and Him and Brady Cannon. Very knowledgeable show. Solid picks. Always fun to watch. And always fun to have James on Rush Hour every single Friday. Coming up next, we will wrap up our Friday edition of Rush Hour. Danny's Dimes, My Best Bets, going all over the place. Stick around. BetRivers Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole nother level. Now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. And in addition to that, BetRivers has added more and more same-game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. So go ahead and download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21 gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1 800 gambler. Indiana, 1 800 9 with it. Colorado, 1 800 522 4700. Michigan, 1 800 2707 117. 1 In Virginia, Iowa, call 1 800 bets off. Playable in New Jersey, as play Sugar House void where prohibited. Final segment on this Friday evening. The show is Rush Hour here on VCN the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live here in Des Plaines, Illinois. The Bet River Sportsbook crowded. A lot of people spending their Black Friday, maybe getting some good deals betting these games in the great sportsbook at the Rivers Casino. And hopefully we can give you some winners along the way. And that's what we're going to try to do in this segment. It is time for Danny's Dimes, my official plays for the night, for tomorrow, and of course for Sunday. So let's get you started off with some hockey. Let's go to the ice. Chilly one today in Chicago, so we're looking to keep it on the ice. Keep it chilly. I don't know. Some kind of transition is in there. But look, uh, the Canucks and Blue Jackets is a game that I'm circling out. Columbus at home, a minus 139 favorite against the struggling Vancouver Canucks. I laid about minus 135 with Columbus. Would lay, obviously, you know, four cents more at minus 139. Columbus opened up about minus 120 in some shops, so they've been getting some steady love. Not anything too crazy, but enough to warrant a look at it. And just getting even deeper into this matchup, I mean, this Canucks team is a squad that's lost their last four out of five in their last two consecutive games. Conversely, Columbus, they've won their last four out of five, and they've won their last two in a row. On the road, Canucks struggling. Three six and one this season. Blue Jackets have been thriving at home ice seven three and zero oh. on the year. Columbus getting about three point four goals per game. Vancouver only getting two point three goals per game. Defensively, both not the greatest, allowing about three or above in terms of their defense. But looking at just a stat that really s- stood out that I saw, I mean, Vancouver is thirty first in the NHL with thirty three shots per game. This team just is really not getting any momentum offensively, and I don't see it getting any better tonight against Columbus, who's putting Merz Lincolns in the net. Again, who's coming off a shutout. I haven't seen who's been confirmed as a Canucks goalie, but even if it's Thatcher Demko, I mean, he's 6-9-1, 3.07 goals against average, 91% save percentage, so not too shabby. But with Merz Lincolns, I mean, he's 8-3-0, goals against average and a 93% save percentage. Again, momentum coming off the shutout at home. Fans were going crazy. He was pumped, but he's ready for this game, and I think Columbus is too. So give me the Columbus Blue Jackets on the money line looking to make our hockey bets three in a row tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. So that's what we got for tonight and in hockey. Let's talk college football, BYU-USC. We pointed out this game as early as Tuesday, I believe, here on Rush Hour, and what I did in this spot I laid six and a half with BYU. Now, it's at seven. Yes, would still lay seven if you want to get involved. But I think the Cougars are the correct spot here. They opened up six, so they have moved the point. But you're getting a BYU squad who is still vying for a top bowl game, right? I mean, they're 9-2 and as of this point. And USC, they're quite the opposite in this season in the sense that they've pretty much given up. You know their season has been in shambles ever since like a month ago, even beyond that, however long ago it was. I mean, it's a defense that's allowing 32 points per game. Offensively, for the Cougs, they're putting up 33 points per game themselves. And especially, you look at the ground attack for BYU, 188 rushing yards per game. USC, defensively, they're allowing 245, or excuse me, 173 rushing yards per game, 245 in the air, 173 on the ground. Look, the run defense is really just not been tough at all to crack. And if BYU gets out to an early lead, touchdown or above, I think they can really take control of this game by using that ground attack and really just doing it consistently, You know, getting the second down, third down, whatever, then getting the first and really winding down that clock. I think there are going to be moments when they can punish them and do it correctly. They know what's on the line. They see an opponent that's very vulnerable in that spot, and even more so than that, pretty much all over the place. One team really wants to get up for this, and you could say USC could play spoiler in a sense, but I I just don't think that's going to be the case in this spot. BYU, the far better team, and I think that's going to show. Plus, BYU, when you look, if you had a minus six and a half, or if you even buy down to it, I mean they've covered six and a half in eight out of eleven games this season. We got an average winning margin of 14.4. USC, average losing margin of 17.8. I'm thinking BYU gets up for this game. USC's just hoping to get their season done at this point. Get onto the coaching search. So laying the points with BYU 6.5 against USC. We took that on Tuesday. Now it's up to 7 would still of course look in the direction of BYU. That's the one play I've got for college right now. I know that Ohio State game is dipping down to about 7 points or so. Hard not to look to lay it with the buck guys if it gets there, but I think that's going to be a great in-game betting spot. It always is with Ohio State in big games, whether it's a conference championship Rivalry game like this, well, unless they're spanking Michigan, which they typically do, but there's usually a point in the premier game where you can get a better number on Ohio State, and then we look to attack. That might be the best approach of what I end up doing for Ohio State and Michigan. Otherwise, only college BYU laying the points against USC. We do have a couple of NFL plays. James Salinas was just talking about this. Rams-Packers probably going to be one of the most bet-on games of the NFL Week 12 slate. And you've seen a lot of betting attention go toward the road team here. Los Angeles, now laying about one and a half at bet Rivers. But originally, they were catching a point and a half. So why did it flip all the way over to Los Angeles, now a point and a half favorite? Makes you think, right? Well, really, the big issue is, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, they say, is going to play. But he's been limited if playing at all in practice, has a toe issue. Aaron Jones questionable. Lazard is questionable. Rashawn Gary is questionable with a defense that's already banged up and really over-exceeding expectations. Jonathan Garvin is out. Kevin King is doubtful. Bakhtiari probably not going to be back in the mix. What James also pointed out, Aaron Donald in that playoff game didn't do too well. It's going to be a weak offensive line, or maybe not a weak, but you know, kind of a libel offensive line against d D-line in the Rams that is feasting, ready to attack. A team that is ready for a win. They've had two embarrassing primetime losses. They're coming off a bye week. They're looking not only for revenge from how bad they've looked the last two weeks, but from that playoff game. Packers are a little bit wounded right now. I think the Rams take advantage. So instead of laying the point and a half, I simply just went money line. Minus 118. That's uh, where I got at Bet Rivers earlier. Now it's up to minus 124. I, I personally would still just go money line at that point. I'm willing to lay, you know, 10, 15 cents more instead of just messing with the spread. I know it's not as volatile with the NFL, but that's a personal preference, and that's what I'm doing. The Rams on the money line on the road at Lambeau Field against the Packers. Then finally, the play that we had earlier in the week. Now the Rams one I just added today. Falcons, Jags, we had this one earlier in the week, so won't spend too much time on it because the number's really kind of gotten out of hand. But we bet this one under 47. It opened 48. Now it's down to 45 and a half. So I'm not really going to suggest that you still jump in on 45 and a half. But if it starts out in kind of a hot game where you know points are coming plenty here and for some reason these teams are getting some momentum offensively, maybe look to jump in on it in-game and then take the under if you get a better number. Because look, this Jags team, I mean, they've stayed under in every single game but two with the number at 47 when I got it. And you know, this Jags offense is banged up. The Falcons are a mess on both sides of the ball, but where the Jags actually do decent is in their ground game offensively, in their ground game defensively. So look, if they're gonna do that offensively themselves, again, gonna take a lot of time off the clock. These teams are just not good offensively. I don't think it's gonna be an ugly shootout type of game. I think it's going to be an ugly, someone please score a touchdown type of game. So I bet under 47 for Atlanta and Jacksonville again. To have 45 and a half now, so I think you wait in game, see if you can get a better number. But that's what I'm rolling with with the plays that we hadn't discussed or did earlier in the week. Under 47, Atlanta and Jacksonville. Rams money line taking on the Packers. College football, BYU lane six and a half against USC. We played that one on Tuesday. And then tonight in hockey, we are going Columbus, the Blue Jackets, minus 135 versus the Canucks. And if you missed it earlier in the show, we had a couple props. Kirk Cousins, over 23 and a half pass, completions minus 125. He's averaging 25 and a half so far this season. And San Francisco is a team that is allowing opponents to complete over 67% of their passes. 24th is what that ranks. James Salinas likes the 49ers. Thinking they're going to be winning this game, I kind of agree. Vikings will have to pass. That's what's been successful for them the past two games where they have won and going up against a tough run defense. I think the same is going to have to persist for Minnesota. So Kirk Cousins over 23.5 pass completions. And then Najee Harris, if you shop around, you could see him over 25.5 receiving yards. Laid a little bit more, minus 131. Last time against the Bengals got over 100 receiving yards. They're giving up on average the Bengals 58 receiving yards per game. I'd played up to 28 and a half, but those are the props and overall best bets I got for tonight and beyond. Thank you as always to everybody for contributing, for joining us, the production crew back in Las Vegas and here in Chicago. Enjoy the games tonight and this whole weekend. Best of luck with your wagers. We'll catch up again on Monday right here on Rush Hour.